0: This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Chesterfield 0-Wrexham 2. Oh, ho, ho, ho. This was a game that was eagerly anticipated because it just felt massive with big crowds from either side supporting their teams and the way the Chesterfield's form was wobbled and Wrexham's away form was terrific. And it lived up to that. It was a hell of a sparky, dramatic, atmosphere-filled night in a high-tempo match. But as well as that, it was absolutely fascinating tactically as well. And not only is it a massive win for Wrexham, it's a massive win for Paul- Phil Parkinson because he and Paul Cook, two extremely experienced managers, went head-to-head and both of them were bold and Parkinson was the one who, in the end, got it right and clinched the win. So... Let's have a look at what happened. Wrexham made one change. Uh, Callum McFadgen basically not ready yet to play two games in a week. So Bryce Susanna stepped in in his place. Now, the Chesterfield team is very interesting. They've been in horrible form lately. They lost 3-2 at home to Solihull on Saturday. And although they did have a player sent off after 20 minutes, it's got to be said they had a 2-0 lead at that point. And we've had players sent off in the first half. We've got quite a lot of experience of that, frankly, this season. And it, we know, therefore, you don't have to collapse like they did just because you've had a man sent off. But they really did collapse. I watched the match, and they were very, very fortunate not to lose by a much greater margin. So, obviously, this that was a game which had affected them. So Cook decided to be radical. They also had injuries, of course, and suspensions affecting them. And so... He switched it around, played a flat back four, played a box midfield, and frankly, and Phil Parkson admitted that after the game, completely caught us out. As a result, the first half hour, Chesterfield dominated us massively, and were it not for Rob Lainton's excellence, the game could have been gone by then. Although, there was a sign of what's to come that, ironically, you'd probably argue the best chance of the first half fell to Wrexham, when we run to the caution and it came from a free kick, and we'll talk about why the free kicks are relevant a little bit later on. But Wrexham started brightly in the fourth minute with the first chance of the match. Tozer with a terrific quick free kick from a central position, trying to pick out Palmer. Palmer took it on the chest, and it just bounced away from him enough for Scott Loach to come out and save at his feet. But then after that, Chesterfield really started to take control. That box midfield meant they had an an overload in the space between the midfield and the defence. Tom O'Connor, of course, is a specialist at securing that area of the pitch, but he was outnumbered and he found himself chasing all over the place. And there were a number of consequences to this. One of them was that they were getting a lot of space in those areas to play balls into the box or get shots off. Another one was that because Wrexham were getting pulled out of shape, often we were rather thrashing the ball clear rather than keeping possession. We, we, we were a bit panicky, which was uncharacteristic. And so we just kept giving the ball straight back to Chesterfield and the pressure kept growing. And also, we tried a little tactical surprise of our own in that Dan Jarvis appeared to be playing a little bit higher up the pitch, a bit more like an actual striker alongside Palmer, trying to link up with him. The problem was we weren't giving very good service to Palmer because we were in our clearances and Although Palmer did very well to make you know what he could out of the long balls that hit towards him, that's the point they were hit towards him, not to him, and he was reduced to trying to just flick on in a sort of orthodox target man style. Jarvis was unable to latch onto those flicks to be fair, when has he ever been asked to do that so it wasn't quite working out, and for the first twenty five minutes. Like I said, we were dominated and fortunate to survive. First opportunity came when Mandeville, who was terrific between the lines and during this period, fed the ball onto Asante. He worked the ball back and a shot was blocked. It came back out to Kelleher and he drove a 25-yarder, which was deflected off Hayden. The ball was laying completely wrong-footed, but the ball ricocheted safely behind for a corner. Then yeah, it was Mandeville squaring the ball to Miller, who drove the ball in from 25 yards. A great strike uh, heading towards the bottom left corner, and Leighton had to get down sharply to save. So after 10 minutes, Wrexham were already up against it, and the chances continued to come. Williams, the right wing-back, driving forwards and getting a shot in, which was blocked well by Hosanna. the ball ricocheted back out to Whelan. He smashed a shot in. That was well blocked by Davis. And when the ball finally came... Oh, well, beg your pardon... Was Asante hit a shot as well... And his effort was saved by Linton, Who stood up well at the near post... But still they came... Halfway through the half... Kelleher winning the ball back in midfield... Maybe fouled O'Connor... But the referee waved play on... And he fed a good ball in to Asante... One on one with Linton. Glorious opportunity... Linton, though... We know is so quick off his line... He came tearing out... Spread himself... And as a result, was able to block the shot with his leg. Now, Linton needed a little bit of treatment. And well, obviously, that's always worrying because Linton does break down sometimes. And actually, it turned out possibly to be a, a godsend. Because during that break, Parkinson was able to get his players together and start to sort things out. And Wrexham changed themselves, the matching up to a, a box midfield. Now, it was Jarvis and Davis playing in support of Palmer with Young dropping back to help out O'Connor, and immediately it has an effect. Admittedly, the next chance came for Chesterfield, but it was a shot from outside the box. Asante on the left flank, squaring it to Whelan, who from 20 yards drove a powerful shot, but again, Lainton got down well to parry it. But Wrexham was starting to regain a little bit of control that the shape was altering and we started to create more chances including the next one which was as I said the best chance of the first half it was a a free kick in midfield and that would be an important pattern because something Cook I think got wrong he really was trying to get his defence to hold a very very high line uh, from set pieces and it was too high Wrexham consistently made chances from set-pieces. This is the first ever run of five set-pieces in a row. A lot of them innocuous free kicks on the halfway line, which led to chances, and then ultimately the first goal. On this occasion, Young lofted it in. Hayden got underneath it, won his header. I beg your pardon, Palmer won his header. And then Hayden unmarked about eight yards out. Volleyed it straight at the goalkeeper. A real golden opportunity. If he put it either side of the keeper, then Wrexham would have been ahead. And yet, Chesterfield's chances dried up. They were still frantic, but Wrexham now were in control. It was really notable how often Young was there alongside O'Connor to help out and to break things up. And Wrexham had a, a couple of little hopeful moments as well. Young in the last minute of the half from a corner, sweeping it in, and Hayden getting up unmarked about eight yards out, but planted his head a wide of the far post, a great opportunity, and he just failed to control his header properly. And then there was a weird instant at the very end of the first half. Referee incredibly only added one minute on, despite the fact Layton had been cheated, clearly, for more than a minute. Um, It was Whelan swinging in a vicious corner, which was going to go in, and Layton desperately managed to get across and punch it off the line. The ball dropped, floated in the six-yard box and the referee blew his whistle for half-time, which I think the rest were happy with because they still had some work to do to get that ball clear. During half-time, Phil Parkinson brought Liam McElindon on for Danny Jarvis. Now, Jarvis was feeling a must stiffle up, so maybe it wasn't a tactical change, but it certainly was a change that worked. And I'm not criticising Jarvis for this, but it wasn't a game that he was finding easy to get into. Uh, whereas McAlinden came on and immediately just started chasing everything, pressing, and his more direct approach from that supporting role behind Palmer was very, very effective. Within a minute, he nearly got on the end of something. Wrexham started the second half very positively, won a throw in, are hurling it in, everybody missed it and at the far post McElindon attacking it was inches short of converting it into an empty net as he lunged with his right foot but couldn't quite get there Chesterfield responded, nice piece of work by Whittle down the left hand side Federsante, who turned and tried a shot but Leighton was able to hold on to it comfortably but then came again Wrexham starting to step forwards There was an interesting instant five minutes into the half, which at the time, I wasn't sure how to judge. McAlinden getting the ball, driving forwards, and then feeding it down the left channel. Hosanna, who'd been part of the build-up on the left, cutting inside, looking to get on the end of it, went down off the ball, uh, tangled with Tyrone Williams. Now, the ref didn't give the penalty. The linesman was on the other side of the pitch, and frankly, it was off the ball. You can't blame the referee for not seeing what happened at all. I couldn't see what happened. And, and you sort of make that assumption with those sorts of incidents that uh, it's just a bloke running into another bloke and then chancing his arm. But, but I've seen the replay. <laughs> it's an absolute cast iron penalty. No question. Uh, the only thing is, like I said, don't blame the ref for not seeing it. That It's just unfortunate. But Hosanna runs past Williams and Williams, I mean, it's very foolish defending. He could have just taken a step to his right and collided with Hosanna and make it look like an accident. But instead, he just stuck his leg out and kicked him definite 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 penalty but like I said I, I can't blame the ref for not giving it but you could see Ozana really was incensed and well, well having looked at the replay I can see why absolutely still I think my Wrexham had the momentum now and we're pushing on and pushing on and pushing on 53rd minute free kick in midfield a really high line again a silly high line O'Connor just lifted it in behind him Hayden got up, nodded it into the goal mouth and Palmer, I'm afraid, missed an absolute sitter seven yards out, completely on his own went to punch it in and basically side-footed it way over the bar a hell of an opportunity Um, listening to his interview afterwards it did sound like the, the poor state of the pitch played on his mind a bit and he said he was really watching it carefully he probably should have just hit it but oh, he hit it deep into the brilliant band of 1800 Wrexham fans and the chance had gone but it didn't matter because we had our foot on Chesterfield's throat at this point a goal felt like it was coming and like I said, every set piece coming into the box was leading to problems another set piece in was half cleared and in the end, Young and Davis combined to feed Hall-Johnson through on what was a lovely build-up down the right-hand side by Wrexham Hall-Johnson, one-on-one with the keeper, tried to go round him, Loach lunged at him, Hall-Johnson went down, the ball went behind, the referee gave a corner, Wrexham were incensed, I've got to say, having watched this one, I think the ref's right, Um, it was a good piece of goalkeeping, I think, by Loach, he just got to the ball first, and yeah, there was contact with Hall-Johnson, but maybe more Hall-Johnson running into his arms, Uh, I think the ref got it right. Wrexham were furious. It wasn't much of a respite because a couple of minutes later, Wrexham had the lead. A free kick again into the box, only half cleared. Wrexham playing it back in. Davis arriving down the left channel smashed in a terrific volley from close range a magnificent save by Loach above his head to palm it up in the air but Max Cloweth did superbly at the far post he was still up there from the set piece to get up beat his man in the air and nod the ball square for Palmer who headed it into an empty net from a couple of yards out Palmer afterwards was effusive in his praise of Cloweth because that piece of intelligent play by Cloweth choosing to square it rather than go for goal was what made the goal and so Wrexham were in the lead. That's, the game then was held up because Wrexham fans threw a flare on the pitch. And it's so frustrating for a number of reasons, not least that we will now have to pay a fine, not least as Colin Henry's rightly said, commentating with me, that Geraint Parry, the club secretary who's got a million jobs to do, will now have to fill in all sorts of reports. I mean, he should be concentrating on doing the work that helps Wrexham do well in football. So annoying and as well I think frankly it just punctured our momentum we were battering Chesterfield at this point but because an egomaniac wanted to make it about them and throw a flare on the pitch uh, the game was stopped for a good chunk of time and when the game restarted Chesterfield had pulled themselves together a bit and had their best spell of the second half they had two uh, decent chances as well well, maybe the first and not so much a chance, but a wonderful strike. Uh, ball into the box, cleared and wheel and met it first time from 25 yards. The most pure strike. It was terrific and a hell of a save by Layton. Diving to his right, bringing his left hand over the top really strongly and making an excellent contact with the ball to send it away for the corner. Although that corner was cleared, it came back in again. Nice build-up play uh, down the right and nasty ball played in. To the box. Quigley helping it down. And as Hayden stretched after it. As Sante got there first. Hayden may have just put him off a bit. But it was a golden opportunity. Asante on the half volley. Drilled it straight at Lane's On either side. And Leans would have had to pull off the best save of the night. To make any difference. Wrexham kept ploughing on. Though recovered from that, j- that jitter. And in the 68th minute. It was 2-0. A controversial goal. A corner from the right-hand side, swung into the crowd. There was a real melee. I mean, it looks to be... It's hard to see even from the replays. Hayden attacks this, looks to head it against his marker, and the ball just gently lollops up in the air towards the goal. Tom Whelan, the Chestfield midfielder, is on the line and clears it off the line, it looks like with the help of his hand... The ball drops loose. Hayden's on the floor, but he's only a couple of yards out. He swings a foot at it, hits it really hard. It hits Palmer in the midriff, and the ball appears, quite frankly, to get trapped between his hand and his body for a moment. It drops down, and Palmer pivots and smashes it gleefully into an empty net. It was interesting watching the protest, because you can imagine there was some fevered protest for Chesterfield, because it did hit Toza's arm. I don't think it was liberate, but it did hit his hand. But it was interesting looking at how half-hearted Whelan's appeals were, because you could see he was thinking in the back of his head, mm, what if the ref, rather than just leave it and allow the goal, says, OK, then, it was handballed by Palmer, but Whelan handed it first, so he's sent off, and it's a penalty to Wrexham. Whelan didn't really join in the process too much, and I think I can see why. So, OK, uh, maybe the ref missed Palmer's handball. But maybe he saw both and decided, let's let Chesterfield have 11 men and just give Wrexham the goal. Um, which I don't think is a, the worst thing to do as a referee. Anyway, justice was done because Wrexham deserved to be two goals ahead by this point, having dominated the second half. And after this, the last quarter of the match, was Wrexham playing with excellent discipline and control. Chesterfield obviously tried to get at Wrexham, brought Tom Denton on, remember him? A lot of people have forgotten he was still at Chesterfield. I believe only his second sub appearance of the season. The first being on Saturday. Very popular with the Chesterfield fans as he came on. Denton, of course, is a freakishly large centre forward who wins everything in the air. But Wrexham handled him okay. I mean, Denton won his headers, no question. But Wrexham kept a really good high line, not the suicidal set piece high line that Chesterfield kept. Wrexham trying to defend outside the box when the ball was in midfield, and that allows because our we we dropped off. That, that meant basically our half was really congested. So Chesterfield could bring the ball forwards usually to the halfway line. And then they were faced with 10 red players, all well-positioned, blocking off passing channels. And they found it very hard to get around them. If they knocked long balls to Denton, he'd win them. But we were holding a line on the edge of the area. So there's a loose ball to play for. Not in the most dangerous position. He's not able to nod it down into the goal mouth. They were able to get down the sides a bit... ...by trying to create overloads... ...but Wrexham were able to keep them there... ...and then defend balls into the box well. And the only two moments of danger remaining in the match well one of them came at the Chesterfield end Chesterfield trying to pass away out from the back a really sloppy ball by Grimes gave Tyrone Williams no real chances Hosanna spotted the opportunity and sprinted in to pressure him and Williams all he could do was just get there ahead of Hosanna and poke it back into the middle of the pitch he poked it straight to Jordan Davis and well how ironic Jordan Davis, the, the the one the player I most want this to come to a quick chance, but because Chesterfield are trying to pass out from the back, they've got no defensive shape. Palmer is standing ten yards in front of him, alone in the D, but on side, and he's he's got to play it first time, Davis. But if he plays it first time and gets it right, Palmer is got has got a gilt-edged opportunity for that trick, and Davis actually. Got it a bit wrong. <laughs> Surprising, isn't it? Because he's such a quality player. But he he didn't hit Palmer at all. He he overhit it straight through to the keeper. And the only other chance of the game remaining was in added time. Wheelan whipping in a vicious corner, an in Swinger, it looked like someone got a touch at the near post to help it on. though, was on the on the line, and he volleyed it clear. And then went down injured. It was I have no idea what happened in this this incident. He went down injured, he looks from our distance like he was holding his head, I'm not quite sure about that, certainly the referee felt he needed to bring him on, I did wonder when he got up and trotted out a pitch if he was putting her on a bit just to waste a bit of time, we were very deep into the eight added minutes, but Tozer needed a long spell of treatment, but then it meant we had to defend a long throw without Toza. and Toza's not daft, I'm sure he wouldn't want that to happen, so... I don't think it was a fake injury. I'm not quite sure what happened, but he was okay once he came back on again. Wrexham closed it out and then went to salute their incredible band of fans. It was a brilliant night. Terrific noise from the Wrexham fans and a victory, which just reminds everyone that we are looking for the title here. We've got a lot of wins in recent matches under our belt and we're pushing hard here. Also, 10 away wins this season. that, that is remarkable. It is, off the top of my head, fourth most we've ever managed in a season. Wow. Looking at the performances, man of the match. Okay, let's get that over and done with. Wrexham were tremendous for the last hour of the game, but it wasn't for Linton. The game might have been gone by then. Rob Linton is man of the match. He was superb. He made some agile saves. He was so quick off his line to make that one on one from Asante, which was Chesterfield's best chance really, and was just magnificent. So Linton, hundred percent Wrexham's star man. Then the midfield, although This defence rather, although we were getting overwhelmed and Chester were creating chances. Even at that point, I thought the back three did well. It's just they were getting overwhelmed and outnumbered and shots are coming in from the edge of the area. But often that's a good sign of a back three, isn't it? If the shots are coming from outside the area, or around the edge, it shows you defending the box well. I thought of the three, Tozer was magnificent. He was just so dominant again with everything in the centre of the box, winning everything in the air. Hayden sometimes was pulled a bit further out than he wanted to be, but as ever... He's a force of nature and was very, very good. And well done Cleworth, who obviously wasn't going to get forwards too much in this game, but defended calmly, provided an assist, as did Hayden, for the goal. And yeah, the three of them did ever so well. Isn't it gratifying to see how well Cleworth is playing? The wingbacks weren't able to cause huge problems By getting forwards and putting balls into the box. But they did a good job defensively. And they did get forwards. And their pace allowed us to to hit Chesterfield quickly. So they both had good games. In the middle of the pitch as well. O'Connor. Again. You can just see why we brought him in. Admittedly in the first half. He was rushing his passes a bit. Which is unlike him. But like I said. I think tactically we've been outmanoeuvred. And he was put in the difficult position. Once Young was supporting him, I thought O'Connor was very impressive. He was an intelligent user of the ball. He's a hell of a tackler. He made one tackle. Ooh, absolutely sensational. Miller bursting down the left hand side. And wow. Let's just say O'Connor shut the door on him. Really shut the door on him. But clean tackle. He won the ball. No foul. But wow. Miller knew he'd been tackled, believe me. Alongside him was Young. Young was terrific. He was trying to drive the ball forward so when we were under pressure, but when he was dropped back a bit deeper, oh, he broke so much up, he hoovered up so much. It was an excellent performance for an skipper. Ahead of him, uh, Jarvis, uh, Davis, again, was good, you know, in that more advanced position, driving forwards, taking the game to Chesterfield. He played really well. He was very unlucky not to score with the first goal. His volley drew a fabulous save from Loach. Jarvis had a frustrating time of it because most of his time in the pitch was when we w- we hadn't sorted ourselves out, but he worked hard. McAlinda was terrific. His pressing, his decision-making, he stood some good balls into the box. We've got a lot of players who win headers in the box, haven't we, and McAlynden was putting good service in for them. Um, he was very alert, very aggressive, all on the front foot. Really good stuff from him. And Palmer, tremendous. Two goals, when he wasn't getting good stuff to work with in the first half, he still battled and still tended to win his battles against the centre-backs. And when he got better service in the second half, he made the most of it. A tremendous all-round performance by Wrexham. A great journey home for all of us. And, yep, yeah, Wrexham now go on for a period of home games. We've got momentum going. We need to now get that home record back up to where it should be. And then, well, skies the sky's the With the final score, Chesterfield nil, Wrexham 2. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.